Tonight's scripture is found in 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. The word of the Lord. Love. What is love? In the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college, just when I dropped out of the music program to become a philosophy major and an atheist, I had a conversation with my mother. She brought up this toxic relationship I was in with my high school sweetheart, who I was still dating and then not dating and then dating again and then not dating. It was a mess, you can imagine. And the word love came up. So, do you think you love her? My mom asked. And I asked her in a moment of agitation mixed with pure philosophical genius. What is love? I was dead serious. I mean, it was so obvious that a lot of what passes for love was merely selfishness, possessiveness, jealousy, manipulation. What is love? I asked my mother. Today, I have a fancy Greek word for you, katakrasis. Kata is against or back. Krasis means to use, employ, manner of using. So katakrasis is against use, back working, the act of misusing a word. Do we misuse words? We do it all the time. Sometimes we do it accidentally. Jackie Joyner Kersey literally flew down the track no, she didn't. She was running. Or we carelessly mix our metaphors. Can't you hear that? Are you blind? Other times we misuse words intentionally. This chalupa is heaven. Your soul is a golden butterfly riding on a unicorn, gliding across a ribbon of rainbow. House of Mercy Lutheran Church is the steam rising off a puppy's nose looking for a scrap of bacon in the snow. <laughs> oh. Our newer testament is full of catachrasis. The writers were trying to put in words something that happened, something indescribable. The word made flesh. But they didn't invent new words. They took the old words and misused them. They did this act of catachrasis. Even and especially they did this with the word love. That poor, kicked around, misunderstood, beat up old word, love. What is love? The ancient Greeks had the seldom used, almost throwaway word, agape. In Greek culture and literature, agape described the relationship of a superior to an inferior. It was a descending relationship, very much a condescending one, 
as when the Greek gods would show agape to some lucky random mortals who, who won the pity lottery by occasionally honoring them with a visit. Pity, pretension, the arrogant eye-rolling patronizing of the gods, throwing a bone to the mortals and watching them scramble. Agape. Well, what happens to this almost throwaway little word when the New Testament writers get a hold of it? It is absolutely misused, bent, contorted, twisted, and redeemed. Agape itself is crucified and born again. Jesus himself is the great misuser of words, especially in John. He goes all catechistical on you. You must be born again. I am the vine. I am the living water. I am the bread. I am the good shepherd. This bread is my body. This cup is the new covenant, the new path. What's going on here with this misuse of these words? And how does a poor preacher raise these words from the dead when they become so old and familiar and churchified? In that reading that we just heard, John the Elder makes an astounding claim, one that can slip right by us because it's become so familiar. But about 2,000 years ago, the Elder wrote this astonishing line, Hotheos agape estin, or in English, God is love. And believe it or not, in human history, no one had ever said that before. God is love. God is not power. God is not strength. God is not intelligence or moral purity. God is not majesty, whatever that is. No, God is love, self-giving, overflowing, relational love. How did that happen, that someone could make such an outlandish claim? It's all because there appeared among us in the flesh someone who showed us an entirely new way of to live. He was one who loved freely and madly and passionately. His love had no limits, no conditions, no hidden agendas. He healed and restored and gathered and forgave the outsiders, the sinners, the broken and lost ones, the whores, the lepers, the outcasts, the queers and the deviants, and not knowing what to do with this mad, subversive love that threatens all empires, they tried to kill this one. But even that could not make him go away. In fact, God took that whole episode of the cross and used it as a grand stage. God created a global network on which to broadcast both our darkness and our new possibility, our violence and our new path. And there arose a community of leaders and ordinary people who for a profound era in history rose up and confronted the Roman Empire with love, peace, forgiveness, mercy. And they really did change the world. And now this message has been passed down to you. It's just as Jesus was raised from the dead, so you can die to your old ways and be born again 
by the spirit of life and love, forgiveness, generosity, mercy. And you can experience this every day, that God is love, that God has promised to be with you and for you now and always. The you that you are right now, loved madly and unconditionally. What is love? I actually said that to my mother. <laughs> she who could very well have answered me the way God answers Job. Where were you when I carried you in my womb for nine grueling months through that harsh winter in Thief River Falls, Minnesota? Where were you when I was in labor with you for 11 hours? As numerous as the stars of the heavens were your dirty diapers that I changed. And when you were behaving like Leviathan, who loved you and taught you to be kind and empathic? And now we spend all this money to help you attend this private liberal arts college where they teach you to be such a pompous, godless, self-righteous, snot-nosed little know-it-all, you arrogant little butthead. But no, she did not say any of that. She could have, and I would have deserved it. No, she just smiled and treasured these things in her heart. And many years later, she would gently and adoringly mock her little philosopher. But mother, what is love? <laughs> I deserved it. John the Elder makes this ridiculous catacrestical claim in which he totally misuses these words. He ought to be arrested, dispatch the word police, and lock him up. God is love. And the only thing that fixes these words to anything is the old, old story that we keep going back to, that we must hear for the first time every time, love as an event, love that happens on Skull Hill, just outside of Jerusalem, and in the empty tomb of this homeless Palestinian Jew who will not stay dead. This is the pledge drive letter. The pledge drive is coming in January, so don't freak out yet. But anyway, we wanted to get this in front of you so you can do some thoughtful praying and planning. And it's called The Quality of Mercy Is Not Strained. Some of you might recognize that from Shakespeare. And that's the theme of it. And I volunteered to make the pitch. I don't know what I was thinking. But you know what? This year, I feel really, really comfortable asking for money, asking for pledges, because I love this place. I love you. And I want this place to thrive. Let's take a look at it. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blessed him that gives and him that takes. The quality of mercy is not strained in the Old English. We could translate that constrained or forced or obligatory. The quality of mercy is not coerced or forced, of course. Mercy is not stiff and stringent. Mercy is freely given and freely received. The quality of mercy is twice blessed. 
It blesses both the receiver and the giver. There are these magical creatures that can be triggered in our brains. They are called mirror neurons. When we do something helpful, kind, empathic, even in the small act of giving someone a compliment or holding a door open, this magical mirroring happens between both of us. We both feel the feelings of pleasure, peace, serenity, a cascade of oxytocin, Tocin, serotonin, and dopamine is triggered between the brains as our eyes exchange glances, and we realize that we are together, common empaths. It's as fundamental and primal as when an anxious, crying baby looks into the eyes of the mother and is calmed and reassured and blessed with comfort, safety, security, love, what is love? <laughs> God bless you, dear Geraldine. She's been gone, been gone five years now, and um, she's not with us in the flesh anymore, but she is certainly with me every single day. Can we bring all of this into our relationship with money, with stuff, with our resources, and with how we, we make decisions about money? God loves us first, we also ought to love one another. God is merciful. How do we mirror and return the mercy? We could buy less stuff. This one hits me hard because I like stuff. I like to buy stuff. I like to go to the mall, especially during Christmas time, which is terribly uncool. And sometimes when I go Christmas shopping for other people, I buy stuff for myself instead. Not only thinking about the stuff we buy, but can we be more careful about what we actually purchase and consume? Will it end up in a landfill in a year? Will this stuff help someone else make a fair wage? And taking a step back and looking at the big picture, how are we to make decisions about money? Can we show mercy with our money? Should we take a portion of it and pledge it to a faith community in which we walk this path of mercy together? Note here, if you are under a load of debt, please do not pledge. I just told them not to pledge, Russell. Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, if there are creditors at your door, the wolves and the jackals, uh, it's, a, it's a racket, and don't feel obliged to pledge. Um, but... For others of you, ask those big questions. How do you show mercy with your money? The book says, be merciful as God is merciful. The bard says, the quality of mercy is not strained. It blesses both the receiver and the giver. This mercy catches up to you and gives you the peace and confidence that you really can live your life by the rule of mercy. What is love? The only fixed point is the love that gives you birth and cares for you. It comforts you when you are anxious. It is up in the night with you when you are troubled. It shows you the way of empathy and kindness. It sets you on a path, not of 
submission, but of a different kind of resistance, resistance to the empire. It feeds your body and your spirit as you gather around this table of mercy. Amen. Amen.